Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Alandari, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Hope Hickerson, and I'm a health education specialist and reporter. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician... That's me, and a health education expert... That's me. Talk about what you need to know to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. For more information about Noise Filter, your public health podcast, and to watch and share our incredible informative animations, please visit us at noisefiltershow.com. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. So let's get started. Men, please don't skip your checkups. Many men assume they're healthier than they actually are. What? No way. I don't believe that at all. (laughs) With that in mind, it's easier to understand that according to a recent national survey, one third of men do not believe that they need annual checkups. Oh, my gosh. Feeling healthy is not a reason to skip an annual preventative checkup. The screenings performed at yearly checkups are designed to catch diseases and different conditions in the early stages. On average, men die five years younger than women, and the leading cause of death in men are cancer and in heart disease. There are various reasons men skip doctor's visits. Some feel they're healthy and don't need to go. Some men don't have a consistent primary care provider, while some can't afford to see the doctor and some don't see the value in spending money on a doctor's visit. There are some men who feel that they can't take the time off work to see the doctor and others who feel like they'll appear sick to others if they go to the doctors. Some men also feel like they can, quote unquote, power through an illness, that they don't need to take the time off and that they're fine receiving most of their medical advice from social media. The narrative around men's health needs to change. Men do need to see the doctor regularly, and it should be priority for all men. A yearly physical or well visit can be life-saving. Some professionals are beginning to see a positive change when it comes to men and their perception of health. This health professional has not seen that. They're attributing this positive change to increased attention and a stronger narrative focusing on men and the importance of their health. So research has highlighted another factor that can influence men to see their doctors more. That factor is the women in their lives. Women can influence men to see the doctor, especially mothers influencing their sons and wives influencing their spouses. It's important to take care of yourself and utilize services from physicians and healthcare providers when you need to. Participating in routine screenings, checkups, and other care can be life-saving. Hopefully, stronger messaging and a better narrative around men's health will continue to encourage men to see their doctor more often. Just a couple things. One is that the so-called annual screening that happens or the annual checkup, there's data to show that that's not necessarily a thing. It could be that maybe it's something that we do because it just helps people who don't have chronic illnesses to at least check in once a year with their physician. And that may be a good thing. But the idea of an annual checkup or wellness visit has just the data does not bear out that that's necessary, a necessary thing. Now, that being said, it's 100% true men don't go to the doctor. What wasn't in here is that largely due to the fact in my speculative opinion. It's all the things that they said. They don't want to take time off work. They don't have doctor. They are not insured, all those things. But really what it comes down to is that women have instincts to survive and men don't. That's basically what it comes down to. There's a greater survival instinct in women 
And women are smarter about these things. That's it. That's the bottom line. Sorry. <laughs> if you I was think not I'm expecting being... you to go there, Dr. Barry. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Women have, for all obvious reasons in the world, have instincts that are caring. It's like, you know, it was a, an example that you used earlier. They are the better ones to make sure that they're going to put the mask on themselves first before they put it on others, right? Mm-hmm. In the airline situation. And so women have much better self-preserving instincts than men do. Well, as a woman, I thank you for that, Dr. Barry. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> How to cope with loneliness. Now, loneliness is tied to a number of mental and physical health issues. Experts fear the COVID-19 pandemic has exacerbated a growing epidemic of loneliness. As we begin to reemerge from the pandemic, steps can be taken on a personal and societal level to treat loneliness. Levels of loneliness have been at a concerning level across the globe for years, prompting some experts to dub it as the loneliness epidemic. Many mental health experts fear the problem has only gotten worse, thanks in part to the spread of COVID-19. A study from the Harvard Graduate School of Education found that more than one in three Americans face serious loneliness during the epidemic, with young adults and mothers with young children being affected the most. Experts say it is important to make the distinction between loneliness and social isolation. So loneliness is a feeling of being alone while social isolation is a lack of social connection to others. With that understood, it's important to note that people who interact with others daily at home or at work can still have a feeling of loneliness. Technology has certainly played a role in loneliness during the pandemic. Experts agree that talking to someone through a video chat may not have the same positive effects of interacting with someone in person. Social media is also found to increase loneliness. Liking posts does not give someone the same interactive feeling as meeting in person. Experts say to manage loneliness moving forward, a multi-level approach is needed. With restrictions being taken away, it's easier to step out in public and make interactions. Additionally, public awareness campaigns can, in large part, help to reduce the stigma around loneliness and let people know that they are not alone. Yeah, really good points. You know, earlier this week, some of the folks at Noise Filter and I have started making some videos. And it was the first time that I was in the room with a number of people unmasked and not asking for people's vaccination status. It was like things are getting back to normal. So I am still cautiously optimistic that I think slowly but surely we are hopefully moving into a post-pandemic, at least temporarily. We never know what the future has to bring with more variants. But as we have talked about a number of times on this podcast, that Omicron was in a somewhat cynical way, did a good thing by inadvertently immunizing or at least inducing some level of natural immunization for people who were not vaccinated. So I think the big waves that we have seen in the past aren't going to necessarily be there in large part due to a large amount of natural immunity in those people who were not vaccinated. Plus for the 60 plus percent of us who were vaccinated, I think that we are starting to move into a word that we haven't heard a lot of, which is herd immunity right. as we move forward. So yeah, 
So I think that I fear for this loneliness epidemic that they talk about. I fear for also something that we've talked about on this podcast a lot, which is the mental health of children uh, as well and how this pandemic affected them. Right. And that's the thing we won't know for years to come. That's the bad thing about it. You know, something like this. So, I mean, I'm very hopeful. It's a little nerve wracking to just go out in the world. <laughs> like before. Yes. Yes. It was, it was for us doing that. Yes. And we all, when we got back in the car and drove back to New Orleans, we were all like, huh, I haven't done that in two years. Right. <laughs> right. I hadn't quite gotten there all the way. I still wear my mask in like stores. I just can't do it yet. Like I'm, yep. I'm still wearing masks. <sighs> I, when I go out, I'm still wearing masks yes. and stuff. But yes. It's slowly but surely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this, this gives me hope. Hopefully this will help with the loneliness. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Noise Filter, your public health podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Noise Filter podcast. Follow us on social media and leave us a review letting us know your favorite part of the show. You can find me, Hope Pickerson, at hopepickerson.com. And you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at the Dr. Derry. That's D-R-D-E-R-Y. To see and share our amazing animations and find out more information about us, the show, as well as links to our social media, go to noisefiltershow.com. We are grateful to our sponsors, including Access Health Louisiana and the End the Epidemic Initiative, who are working to bring equitable health outcomes to everyone they serve. Hope, any last words? Stay well out there, folks, and continue taking steps to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. That includes exercise, a good diet, getting adequate sleep, and seeing your healthcare providers regularly. And protect yourself and others by getting the COVID-19 vaccine and booster, wearing a mask, and social distancing wherever possible. Remember, health is a human right. <laughs>